Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello everyone, thank you for tuning in to Belmont Buzz, Belmont's talk show and podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Juvelis, and today's guest is the general manager of Belmont Light, Christopher Roy. Welcome, Christopher. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on the show. My pleasure. I really think people in Belmont may not understand what a municipal light company means what the difference is between a municipal light company and Mm -hmm. a big chain like Eversource. So I wanted to have you on the show to talk about that and talk about your role. It's been a year since you were hired. But first, let's get into a little bit about your your background. Who are you, Christopher Roy? What can can you tell me about yourself? Sure. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm fairly local. Uh, I grew up in Acton, went to Acton Boxborough, and um, and after that, again local, I went to Tufts University for my undergraduate work in electrical engineering and, uh, and then on to a master's program at WPI. So I uh, haven't gone too far and, and stayed pretty much in New England. Um, you you live in Harvard now, right? And I live in Harvard. With your wife of 14 years and two young, two young children. Your daughter just turned a year, you're yep. telling me, and your son is going into first grade. Where does the time go, right? Exactly. Where does the time go? But I do think you're pretty young for someone in this really important position. Sure. I don't, is that unusual for someone your age to, to be a general manager of a municipal light company? Sure, it, it is unusual. Uh, it's one of the, uh, I guess, internal talking points for utilities in general is the shift from a largely uh, baby boomer workforce to what is the next generation. And so uh, I found that I'm in many ways kind of spearheading that transition of generations in the workforce. Um, So it is uh, uncommon, but quickly becoming more of the norm. Your first job for municipal light companies was with Concord. That's where you were before you came to Belmont, and you were the assistant Correct. light director there. Yes, exactly. And then you learned about this opportunity. You went for it, and you were hired. And I remember that one of the things that came up about your background was that you were a star athlete. Don't be uh, modest about that. Can you tell me a little bit about your athletic career? Sure. Uh, I was 
fortunate to be part of a good athletic program in high school at Acton-Boxborough. What was your sport? Uh, well, I had three. Three? So I, I <laughs> was captain of football, basketball, and track. Um, and then uh, through college, I pursued football. Really? So I played football. Oh, that's Tufts. really great. Uh, and that was a lot of fun. And uh, Did you ever think about going pro? I, uh, well, that's a little known fact. I had one small tryout for the Arizona Cardinals. Really? Um, but uh, there, uh, you know, I just uh, decided, I mean, it was worth focusing on academics and um, and pursued that path. And that must have been a hard decision. Uh, it was. I mean, it's it's really it's a, a way of life. Once you uh, outside of college athletics, and so you really have to decide at that point what your future. Who who had the greatest is. influence on you and in helping you steer steer you in this career direction? Who would you say inspired you or influenced you most in your life? Wow, that's a great question. Uh, I have to say. You know, it's really a joint effort between my parents and grandparents because um, everyone contributes in their own way to, you know, learning about how to navigate the world and make decisions and prioritize your time. Um, and so really it's, I think, a collective effort of just observing those that are closest to me. Do you come from a big family, a lot of brothers and sisters? Uh, I have one brother. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Everybody lived near each other? And everyone's relatively close. That's good. And, uh, and so I was able, I was fortunate to spend a lot of time with my grandparents on both sides, both my parent, my mother's parents and father's parents. Um, so we had a lot of different family activities. Oh, it's nice so to learn a little bit more about your, sure. your background for people that don't know. Now, yeah. general manager since May of 2018, a little over a year, it's a really big responsibility. I know you said it's a lot more than 40 hours a week. Sure. Very demanding job and I mean how has, how has this past year been? I mean you've had a, a little baby this past yep. year. You had a newborn when you first started. It's, uh, it's certainly busy um, but I think I, I consider myself very lucky. I, I love what I do and, uh, and really enjoy it so it's not you know, it's not like going to work and vacation. From, I just enjoy the day-to-day -day operation. And, uh, and so especially here in Belmont, it's a great opportunity because a lot of what we do is how utilities in general are going to be structured in the future. So again, we're leading the way and being a part of that is, is really uh, a yes. special thing. Didn't, didn't the light company, Belmont Light, recently receive national recognition for reliability? So we've had, rely exactly, that's the traditional metric for utilities is reliability. And, and Belmont's reliability is, is top tier. Um, so that's a, a major accomplishment. I mean, things that may have been discussed in the past along with the substation project um, you know, we're actively upgrading the distribution network around every, each and every road to uh, more uh, uh, updated and reliable infrastructure. So all of that pays off in the long run. Right. Um, and, uh, and so those are your traditional metrics of, of, of utility. Um, and, uh, but what's really interesting is um, 
as you start to discuss energy and climate, there's a whole another element that come in, comes into play with the utility of the future. Yes, and we're going to talk about that. But first, let's talk about very simple little Belmont Light ah, tutorial. Sure. How does Belmont get its electricity? And how is it different as a municipal light company versus a big chain like Eversource? Sure. Geez. Uh, so how does Belmont Light get its electricity? There's the, uh, the most straightforward answer to that is everything comes through our new Blair Pond substation. Yes. Or on Flanders Road. So that's where we technically get the energy. And then the sources of the energy that arrive at that substation come from a variety of sources, which we're trying to gradually transition to all renewable. Uh, and so from an infrastructure standpoint, that's why uh, you know that upgrade was so important. Right. Um, the second part of that is, is why is uh, a, you know, a community like Belmont that has its own municipal light plant special? Um, it really ties in with all of this, the focus of the model. So essentially, the community members of Belmont own mm -hmm. utility. So you know, whatever initiative is most important to the community is what we will enact on our day-to-day -day operation. Um, so, for instance, if, if climate initiatives or reliability are the most important, then that's through our elected officials. That's what then becomes the most important to us. Okay. Um, right. Versus a larger entity, we're surrounded by Eversource. That is an investor-owned, owned by shareholders. Uh, and so shareholders, really the only... Uh, element and, and uh, goal for a shareholder-driven model is profits. I see. And okay. so, uh, and, you know, as long as policies drive profits, that's where you have the investor-owned model. Okay. And so that's why they're regulated by the state, because the state then has to inject other uh, values into that, um, into that mission. Um, not to mention, you know, quick plug for other things. You know, we, we um, assist other departments with uh, traffic lighting, you know, right. hanging sign, you know, uh, any little things, If you know, if we need to assist with... If, if, a, um, if a car hits a utility car pole, a, which happens often? Yeah, <laughs> fairly often, yes. <laughs> um, yep, certainly respond to that. Um, but uh, you know we, we are or happy tree limb help. down. Tree limb down also happens often. <laughs> you know it's a it's a reciprocal uh, assistance there. We we help uh, or helping water with their metering project. Uh, so that's the el you know the community element of a municipal light plant. Right, and from what I understand, if there is a power outage, because we're a municipal light company, we get our power up a lot faster. Is that? Right? Absolutely, much faster. Why is that? So we have a dedicated team of folks to this community uh, versus a group that might be stationed, you know, a number of towns away that have to then respond. I see. Um, and so, uh, so, and because of that, the folks that do respond are intimately familiar with the system. So they can assess and react much faster than someone responding that may have not been to town for years. That's true, uh, very true. So, um, so that added knowledge just adds to the expediency of a repair. 
And how do, what are all these substations? How many substations are there? I know they're located in different parts of town. and Sure. That's where the electricity comes from. It's not just one. I mean, you have the Blair station, yep. which is the main one. The main one. But then there are all these little guys, including the municipal light building, the the one that looks like it's about to fall down <laughs> yes. next to the police station. <laughs> yep. That is actually a substation? That is a substation before it had that... Uh, you know, uh, the, the crumbling side, the <laughs> office side, um, that w the right side was the 1930s vintage station number one. Yeah. And, uh, and so that station with the other two for a total of four, uh, um, but the station one, two, and three, that's the older infrastructure we're gradually converting uh, to be uh, fed entirely out of the Blair Ponds. I see. So that's why a lot of people, a lot of newcomers in town, they look at that old building that says municipal light yes. company I think on the outside why is that there why why doesn't the town do something else with that building sure. but there is a reason sure it's, it's being used by Belmont Life for how many more years you think Ooh, that's a good question uh, I've heard like 10 10 uh, and so I mean we're year in so we're probably in that you know, uh, nine year, eight, mm -hmm. you know, eight, nine years. But why does it take so long to get these substations offline? So that's a great question. So, because we have to touch every corner of the system. Oh. And so, and everything's tied together for redundancy. Uh, so in order to maintain that redundancy, we have to convert multiple, um, you know, multiple roads at the same I time. I see. Okay. And so it's, uh, so and that's everything has to be still happening? Is, I mean, when I, As we speak. As we speak, as we and speak. that's why I see your trucks here and there around town. Exactly. We, uh, <laughs> um, you know, frequently, uh, you know, are uh, on Leonard Street, you know, trying to actively work uh, yes. uh, with the Station 1 infrastructure. Um, Yes, so I was wondering what th that was all about. Yes, so that's part <laughs> of that project. Hopefully not, uh, um, you know, impacting traffic too much. <laughs> but uh, um, but that's, that, that's part of it. And so that way, um, as we s strategically convert different roads, we can then make headway on okay. that. All right. Well, why is it important? Why is um, the Energy Committee and, and, you know, the Light Board Advisory Committee, they have this goal in the town to reduce emissions by 80 percent by 2050. Yes. And other towns have this same sure. uh, goal. Why is that important? Why? I mean, it's kind of a dumb question maybe, but mm -hmm. if we don't meet this goal, if we don't reduce carbon emissions by 80 percent by 2050, what does that mean? So this is just our contribution to a much larger goal. And it, and it sounds lofty, but uh, you know we they, we have the Global Warming Solutions Act, which is intended to address global climate change. Mm -hmm. And so, um, obviously, there's no quick fix to that. Um, but a big part of that is uh, the role of a utility. And so Belmont, being fortunate enough to have its own utility, we have to play our role and making sure we provide an energy platform for folks to go to in place of fossil fuels. Uh, so, okay. um, and so that's a big mission of the utility of the future. 
is to shift the mindset away from buying a fossil-fueled heating system, fossil-fueled car, uh, right. and shift to electric. Right. That's why there's events, um, including one that's happening this month, um, for, to, to educate people about heat, heat smart, heat smart and electric vehicles. Exactly. For people who aren't familiar, what is the heat smart? Sure. Uh, so of the uh, potential uh, categories for greenhouse gas emissions, transportation and heating are the biggest two. And so those are uh, our collective, both Belmont Light and the community, our collective um, efforts to, okay. to address those two sectors. And so Heat Smart is a program to help market uh, a number of rebates we offer to encourage folks to consider adopting heat pump technology for heating and cooling of their homes. What and is heat pump technology exactly? Uh, heat pump, so that is, uh, there are several varieties of heat pump. Um, but primarily you're talking ground source or air source. Okay. And so uh, rather than using fossil fuels to generate energy. Like gas or oil. gas or oil. This instead uses, in a ground source, it uses the natural uh, uh, consistent temperature of the earth to heat oh. and cool your home. Uh, so you're starting, you know, rather than if it's a, uh, you know, negative 10 out, mm. you're starting at 50 you know, 50-ish, which is I the temperature see. of the earth. Same thing with the air. The air is uh, a little less efficient because of that, but it uses refrigerant to, even if it's negative 10, there's still heat left in the air and it mm -hmm. pulls it out of the air, in a, um, in a, you know, efficiently. So the Mitsubishi wall units that they sell, is that mm -hmm. considered a heat smart unit? Yes. Oh, I have one of those. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. Yeah, so. Uh, yep, the Mitsubishi uh, units are, are a nice unit, um, and so they have the ductless version, so some folks, uh, part of it's education, you know, so there are many folks that um, aren't sure they either don't have ducting or do have ducting, uh, but there are solutions for that, um, and so Mitsubishi makes a nice solution where you're not running all new ducting that you'd see in a traditional air system, you know, you're running some tubing that you can hide in a wall or run along the outside um, and, and then place them in a, a, a convenient location to provide cool. Yes. Um, and one thing I, I sh comes to mind to mention, some folks here heat smart and think of it only as heating, but these units are dual units, so it's a heating and cooling That's option. That's right, yeah. Um, so it's, it's also good if, say, you might not have central air, it's a great way to replace your window units. I agree, I agree. Um, and I know that as part of the roadmap that town meeting adopted, Belmont Light is, is helping to educate residents yes. about Heat Smart as well as electric vehicles. You'll keep having these events. The only issue with electric vehicles is they're not so good in the snow, right? Unless sure. you want to spend, I don't know, $50,000 on a, an electric SUV. Exactly. Do you, do you think this roadmap is, is realistic? Do you think that? Uh, It'll, it will help Belmont meet its 2050 goal? Absolutely. It's um, the similar, you know, the analogy I've, I've used frequently is, is a computer. It wasn't that long ago. It even holds true today to some extent where you buy a computer today and tomorrow it's obsolete. 
And so today, electric vehicle technology is advancing so quickly, it helps bring down the price point, and, uh, and we're seeing more variety of vehicles available. Uh, and a large mission of these vehicle manufacturers are to reach a broader audience, so they don't want to only offer a $100,000 car. Okay. So we've seen that with Tesla trying to get into a $30,000 price range. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. We've seen companies like Volvo, um, they declared, uh, you know, by I think it was 2025, 20, they will only offer electric vehicles. Okay. So it's, you know, in some ways, you're, you're right, we're reliant on this outside development, but, um, you know, the predictions show it's on a uh, very rapid uh, advancement uh, well, that's curve. That's good. I hope so. And just quickly, zero net energy. The new high school is going to be a zero net energy sure. geothermal yep. system. They're looking at designing the new library with that same zero net energy. What does that mean for people who don't understand? <laughs> so th this is a really neat concept. So zero net energy essentially is you produce uh, as much energy with renewables as you as you consume. So zero net energy essentially being, um, you know, through efficiency and 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 uh, equipment choices, you know, you're able to procure or produce as much uh, renewable energy as you as you've used at that site. Okay. Um, and so s with the high school, again, in, in concert with this electrification, so a big part of this, which is probably worth mentioning, is as we encourage everyone to adopt these electric technologies, simultaneously at Belmont Light, we're transitioning our power supply portfolio to renewables. Okay. And so that way, you know, when you forego on the gas-powered car, and you buy electric, you're not buying natural gas electricity, you're going to be buying wind or solar or hydro. I see. Okay. And, uh, and so say, like the high school, again, so the kitchen is electric, the heating system's electric, geothermal. And so now, by the very nature of being connected to Belmont Light, the energy used at the facility, as we uh, get to 100% non-emitting in our portfolio, the high school will be non-emitting. I um, see. Which is better for the environment and also long-term, would it, would it save the town money, potentially? I'd say so. Uh, you know, it's especially a couple, um, you know, potential solar on-site generation and storage, all those have value streams that are, are money, uh, uh, cash flow positive, if you will. Um, same with the even heat pumps and EVs. We have those at the office. If for interested folks, we have that analysis that shows not only is it good for the climate, it's also good financially. Hmm. Um, and so we offer rebates to help with some of the upfront costs in that regard. But over time, um, it's a win-win scenario. That's great. That's great. Um, well, I have one last question for you, sure. and that is, as time just flies. Yeah. Uh, what are your hopes for the future of Belmont Light? Wow. Uh, so I really hope that we continue to be a leader in this space. Uh, like you mentioned with the EVs, you know, we, we want to hit the roadmap goals. And really, we're out in front. 
And so I want, you know, not only locally, but also at the state level and perhaps beyond to show that w this can be done. So we're doing it in Belmont. Any of the neighboring communities can do this, yeah. you know, and just you, through, you know, the repetition, you can, you know, broaden that to neighboring states. And so really my hope is just to demonstrate through our success that this is, uh, this is how the future is going to look. That's great. And I think that's great that Belmont Light is leading the way and that they have a leader like you oh, leading the you. way. I wish you continued success in your role. Don't, don't leave thank Belmont. No, thank you. <laughs> Belmont it. needs you. And, you know, enjoy the rest of this summer with those young children because they grow too fast. Oh, they grow too fast. Appreciate it. Yeah, I don't know. Time flies. Oh. Thank so. you for coming on the show, taking time out of your busy day to come on the show. Anytime, my pleasure. And uh, if there's ever anything else that you want to send a message about, just let me know and I'll gladly help. Mm. Gladly help you achieve all of Belmont Light's goals. Very good, will do. All right, Thanks. thank you. Thank you everyone for tuning in to this episode of Belmont Buzz. I'm your host, Joanna Jubilis, signing off for now until the next buzz. Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.